Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creating Magic Podcast. It is, of course, I, Stephen, the Muggle in Khakis. Really special episode uh, coming for y'all here today. And I wanted to just talk a little bit before we dive in. Uh, Some of you may remember that I used to host a different podcast for a little while by myself, uh, The Pin Pod, where I had the greatest pleasure uh, to get to interview different pin makers, pin designers, pin sellers, and pin traders all across the community, both in terms of fandom and in terms of geography. I got to speak with so many uh, amazing people over about 30 episodes and uh, late last year, I suppose it was, I decided to stop doing the podcast and uh, the people who were super close to me probably felt it coming. Um, but I never really explained why. I know I put up uh, an Instagram post about it, but I, I, I wanted anyone who cares, be that one person, be that five, or be that just myself feeling the need to explain, uh, to hear straight from me, from my voice, a little bit more about what happened. So you know, I, I loved doing the podcast. I love getting to hear people's stories and share people's stories. I made some really incredible friends along the way. And I, I love all of the beautiful artwork, all of the pins that I've collected. Um, but it just became stressful. I learned throughout this process that I don't have um, the most skill and or patience and or uh, tolerance for a lot of the, you know, editing and, you know, post-production on podcasts. I learned, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I was getting more and more frustrated with a lot of just the nitpicky nitty gritty stuff behind the scenes. And, um, despite the (laughs) bombastically stupid persona I put up on this podcast all the time, I really am in some respects, a perfectionist. And if I can't do something to what I believe to be the top of my talent, I don't want to do it at all. Um, And and that's kind of the trap I fell into with the pin pod. So um, I really do miss a lot of the amazing creators I was talking with and traders and buyers I was talking with every day. It was so much fun. Um, Pin collecting remains something I am passionate about. I I had to take a step away for a couple of months just to kind of clear my head and and kind of hit the reset button. Um, But Danny and I talked about it. And one of the things that we're going to do here on Creating Magic over the next handful of months is just kind of intersperse, you know, a handful of my favorite PinPod episodes um, for our Creating Magic listeners. So you know, over the next couple of months, you're going to hear interviews I did throughout 2020 and 2021 with voices you know and voices you don't yet know. So amazing people like Amy from Witherwings Wears, Stina from Laserbrain Patch Co., Nikki from Sunset Road Co., Dylan, Rawson, and Jeanette from Oddment and Tweak, um, and, and probably some more, um, you know, this community has meant a lot to me and I, I really am sad that I, I decided to step away, but it was the right thing for my mental health. And uh, yeah, so soliloquy over and scene, uh, you're about to hear the incredible episode I did with Dylan, Rawson, and Jeanette from Advent and Tweak. I uh, hope y'all enjoy. And uh, yeah, thanks for supporting the PinPod. And thanks for, as always, supporting Creating Magic. Hey everyone, this is Stephen, aka Muggle in Khakis, aka your podcaster in chief. I am recording this intro on Monday evening. Um, I apologize that this podcast is coming into your ears on Tuesday as opposed to the usual Monday. Um, I think after a week of nonstop streaming of CNN and MSNBC, 
my very old beleaguered computer just decided it had enough and needed a couple days to rest. So that's what it did uh, for the better part of Sunday and Monday, and it really wouldn't function. So that's all to say that I apologize the podcast is delayed, but I promise you this one is worth the wait. So on today's podcast, which is an incredible conversation that we recorded probably about almost two months ago now, um, I had the just ultimate pleasure of speaking with Dylan, Ross, and Jeanette from Ottoman and Tweak. Um, if you don't know who they are, I guarantee you, you know their work. Um, so without much further ado, I guess if I'm the podcaster in chief, then then Jordan, please play Hail to the Pin Pod. And uh, the conversation with Ottoman and Tweak awaits on the other side. Or in them so many different options, but make sure that they're real. The podcast where we talk about pins, it's the pin pod. I'll trade you my goofy for Moana, an ultra rare Mufasa, a happy birthday cake that Hagrid made for Harry Potter. The podcast where we talk about So let's introduce the three themselves, the purveyors of fine ornaments and bewitchingly cool enamel pins for the magically inclined. Say hello to the wonderful people behind Ottoman and Tweak. Hey, y'all. Hey. By the way, can I say that's a wonderful uh, tagline? We're stealing that. <laughs> wonderful tagline. I it's believe this bio. is good. It's in our bio. No. Yes. <laughs> You're making it look like you don't work here. Get with the program. <laughs> I, I kind of don't. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so because I believe this will be the first episode we release where there's multiple guests on the podcast, just to help the listeners out, do we want to go one by one, starting with Jeanette and just introducing ourselves quickly? Oh, I get to start first. Um, well, you only really need to start and end with me. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, is very humble. Right. I'm very humble. I'll be humble on the podcast. I'm not humble when I text these two. <laughs> um, I shouldn't be giving away all my uh, my secrets. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm I'm Jeanette. Um, Dylan is the one who really should be going first. He's the one who has brought us all together in, in many ways. Um, but um, you know, I, I like to give each other. Uh, I like to talk about um, the roles that each of us play, and I like to think that you know most or you know a fair amount of the ideas at least originated I think you know with me and batting those around with Dylan and, and then Ross came in and really just brought everything to life artistically um so that's kind of how I like to think of the golden trio here <laughs> do you want to go or you want me to go uh you should probably go next I feel like I only have I, first. I don't even know our Instagram handles or so. <laughs> Ross be quiet that's okay we can cut that all out um, I'm Dylan. I am the creator of Oddman and Tweak. Um, and Jeanette is a lifelong friend of mine. And uh, Ross is my life partner. <laughs> um, and I um, created Oddman and Tweak kind of as an outlet uh, for creativity. And I, I like the way that Jeanette jokes about um, all of our roles uh, in the company being that uh, if you ask each of us individually who's the most important, we would all say us or me. <laughs> um, but and it's all true is because uh, like we share the the roles so um, individually that uh, without any of us, it would just it wouldn't be anymore. <laughs> we all have like a very deep passion in what we do, so I think we all take it very seriously. Right. And, yeah. So. I, I suppose, seeing as y'all have led the witness here, Dylan, I'll ask this to you. How does this all start? How do you go, I'm assuming, from someone who is passionate about the series and a fan to someone who decides, hey, I want to start actually creating merchandise based off of the series? So um, I have an artistic background. Um, I 
um, minored in photography and graphic design in undergrad, which doesn't sound like that much, but I've always been creative. I have a theater background. Um, I worked in set design. So this was kind of, for me, uh, an outlet after the undergrad years um, as a way to kind of continue the creativity after I got out of theater. Um, and I saw that... Um, you know, I was inspired by other pin makers, really. Um, I saw that pins were kind of, I don't know if they, I would say making a comeback, but um, Disney pin traders would argue that they've kind of been back for a couple of decades. <laughs> um, and I imagine some people would argue that they haven't really ever gone out of style. Um, but for me, as I started to see an uptick in, in pin creation um, and designs that I really admired, I thought, I mean, I would love to see, uh, you know, certain designs out in the world and, uh, I'm a creative person. I would like to argue, <laughs> um, Absolutely. maybe I'd like to try my hand at that. And, you know, the, it seemed like such a loving and welcoming community, which proved to be way more than true. Oh yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I, I dove right in and, and the first couple of designs, uh, were Halloween themes, the Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town, um, and then it kind of kind of grew from there with um, Jeanette's help and, and later Ross's. So I certainly look no no surprises to the majority of what I imagine my listeners to be. I got to know y'all's work through LeakyCon and the Harry Potter space. That said, as you just mentioned, I do want to give y'all the opportunity to talk about the other pins you design because I know there are other fandoms or non-fandoms that you do operate in and they are beautiful and deserving of conversation as well. So do you want to quickly walk us through kind of the other spaces y'all play in? Yeah, yeah we Ross, try- talk about Star Wars. Well, it's really funny because I'm probably the least Harry Potter fan out of the three of us. I wouldn't say Don't probably. Say these things. Well, no, it's true. I like. I'm I joking. Really, I'm joking. I really like Harry Potter, but definitely not as much as Joe and Jeanette. And so, for me, I get really excited when we talk about other uh, fandoms um, because there's so many like fun things uh, that we can delve into. Uh, foremost being Star Wars. For me, I am ever since I was a wee lad. A huge Star Wars fan and uh, I always have been and have a, a deep love for that uh, fandom so making that kind of stuff especially uh, Leia themed stuff is huge for me uh, she's always been a role mo- model for me throughout my life so. so Star Wars is a big thing I love to do and the way that the way that Jeanette and I are the Harry Potter fans m- more of a Harry Potter fans than Ross Ross is like the foremost Star Wars fan of the group um, and I, I would say probably of everybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just watched the Skywalker movies for the first time. I've never, like, I saw Rogue One in the theaters, like, one time, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure. I was at the Union Square AMC. Um, that was your first movie? That was my first Star Wars that I'd seen. Oh, I was true. never, look, I... We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Boy, do my friends already kind of crucify me for it every single day. Um, but I just watched all nine like a month ago during during pandemic. Um, and, and I'm hooked now. And I still don't understand like 85% of the Star Wars pins I see because I saw it's the movies deep, once. There's deep lore. It's like it, you can go crazy. But. Yeah. And not to put the cart too far before the horse here, but I really do love the Star Wars chocolate frog card pins that y'all have designed because, and, and this is not a shot at any other sort of crossover mashup pin out there, but a lot of times what I see is like Ariel in a Hogwarts costume, right? Um, which is beautiful and I'm not taking shots, <laughs> but yeah. what I love is that it's two very, se- what you've done with the chocolate frog card pin is it's two very separate and easily recognizable properties and you're not trying to like meld them together you're just putting them on top of each other and saying this is what it is i like that i'm glad that, that you recepted like it's you recepted them so well because um i was worried that like maybe they wouldn't meld well they would feel off or uh yeah i think that oddman and tweak as a brand if you want to get like you know technical uh it's like really branded itself on chocolate frogs mm-hmm. um which i am super excited about because we are constantly expanding like the the amount of chocolate frog um 
merchandise that we have. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun for us to kind of think of new ways to expand on that universe, um, you know, and crossover between fandoms. And, um, you know, we've got tons of other Chocolate Frog items in the works coming that um, this whole kind of quarantine period um, we've been focusing on. And I think probably by the time that this podcast is out, we can reveal here with you first, um, is that uh, the next series of, of Chocolate Frog crossover pins is uh, Disney Princesses. Mm, yes. So um, the they are in production now, and it's going to be the first three. Are, well, the first one is Tiana because you couldn't you couldn't do um, Disney Chocolate Frogs without doing the Princess of Chocolate Frogs herself. Exactly. Um, so we've got Tiana and Moana and Mulan for right now, but. Uh, you know, obviously we, we plan to kind of expand on, on top of that, um, even more as it is. And I think what I love so much about the chocolate frogs, like, yeah, it's definitely what Ottoman and Tweak has become, but I think, you know, a chocolate frog is something that honors somebody. And I think that it's just really doing justice to the characters that we know and love, um, in, in really unique ways. And I feel like I am very strong love for, for the dark chocolate frog cards. And I remember, I know I was watching the movies of course were on TV one night and it was late and I was watching and these two were asleep. (laughs) 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 They wake up to um, so many messages for me, but um, you know, I was thinking out loud and I was like, Oh, you know, like, um, I would really love Voldemort to be on a chocolate frog card, but like he doesn't want a chocolate frog card. And that makes me sad because I feel like he does belong on one, but, but in a different way. And then thus the dark chocolate frog cards were born. And, and I think that um, it just speaks to the unique lens, I think, that Amin and Tweet has for, for looking at these characters and, and really telling their stories, whether that be you know within the world or, or outside of it. Yeah, I'll tell you personally that I finally managed through one of the recent Big Fat Live sales to get the Bellatrix Chocolate Frog card. And I have I have not been so excited about a singular pin in a long oh. time. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That means yeah. a lot. Uh, that was awesome. That went over so exceedingly well. Like like beyond my wildest expectations, it was kind of like a surprise drop. The pandemic kind of ruined that drop, so to speak, because I don't know if you know the backstory, which is we originally were planning to drop Bella uh, at Valentine's Day Mm, and celebrate a set with Voldemort. Um, They they were put in production to obviously be created in time. And then the pandemic shut down everything and they didn't come until June. But um, (laughs) so it was kind of like, Oh, Bella's here. She's LE 100 and she's up for sale and they disappeared so quickly. And I think maybe that was kind of my first um, kind of feeling like, Oh, this is something. And, and it had been, I mean, we, the business is like going to turn three or it's going to, well, technically going to turn three years old um in a couple of weeks so so i think to kind of just feel like we've hit something like just a few months ago like feels really good yeah and i think the fact that bella has done so well and she wouldn't be on a chocolate frog card i think just really speaks to okay well now we've given her a place to appropriately shine because yeah, she did terrible things, but I, but I think there's also there's also things to be celebrated, and, and you know the whole story of love, and, and I, it just all kind of goes together in terms of the stories we need to be telling, and it's not the main stories or even you know the secondary tertiary stories that need telling. Not that you know she's not part of that, but you know what what is below the surface, and I think that another area where we particularly have passion for are um, nuggets that you know, would not necessarily um, be part of the books or be part of the movies, but would exist in the world. And, and what does that look like? And I know Dylan loves that sort of thing. Which We're is constantly trying to find those con- kind of things. Constantly, yeah. yeah. I love a, like a deep cut or yeah. creating things that are in universe, but maybe never talked about, like the Granger Dentistry pin. Yes. Um, you know, things of that nature. I, I love just kind of um, coming up with, something you wouldn't necessarily think of, but when you see it, you go, oh, of course. That would totally be in universe. Yeah. yeah. But even if, if not, even if you're not 
like, of course, because I feel like the most interesting conversations that the three of us have are when we're trying to like really fight for an idea that we want made and like, you know, the rest of us are like sitting on the panel. Show me the receipts, show me the data. Like, okay, okay. Like convince me. Um, yeah. And I think that is the most the shark fun. tank for pins. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you know, it's not that that idea immediately gets made like some of the other ideas might, but you know, we come back to it. Um, and I, and I, and I like that because, you know, you marinate, you learn more as, the weeks the years go on and you know okay well yeah let's go and i think that there's one pin in production that we had talked about i don't know if we could mention i don't think I don't is it, it's in production right now i don't actually know <laughs> i don't even know what's in production either sometimes um but i think that it was one it's a moving pin it's one oh, of I the, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of, I think, an original, one of the original ideas we had, and, and Dylan keeps notebooks, and I'm always like, where's the notebooks? And it feels like <laughs> the ideas are ever recorded. But this one was, um, and we didn't do it for, for a couple of years because it just wasn't right, but it was a good idea. And then Ross was inspired a couple of weeks ago, and banged it out and it's absolutely phenomenal and if we had made it two years ago it wouldn't have looked like this no absolutely not so i feel like that process is built in it's not something that is planned for but it's just kind of natural yeah that's the beauty of oh sorry totally cut you off no no this is great look this is far better than anything i could ever ask so by all means i think that's the beauty of the process for us too is that um we're constantly growing um and learning from everything that we make so if you look back a couple of years um at you know some of our first pins and you compare it to kind of the types of pins that we're doing now it's it's like a vast uh, difference uh, on how we've learned um, about how to push the boundaries of these tiny works of art um, and and what we can do with them. And so even even some pins in the beginning that like the Weasley clock that has been that's probably our top pin ever created. Yeah, um, the one that we have like the most requests for it to come back. But if you look at Weasley clock. 1.0 and kind mm. of like 1.5 <laughs> um it's it's very elementary in its design mm -hmm. um and and so again a sneak peek here for the pin pod is that um weasley clock 2.0 um is in production and will be out this fall hopefully maybe by the time this podcast premieres and it's, it's so much prettier like me as an artist like i've really grown with like my skill of, of designing in a digital format because I'm like, I've been an artist all my life, but um, doing digital art is really d difficult for me um, and learning how to, to, to really do that. But um, going back and being able to remaster a pin like that and take those skills that I've really developed is really exciting and fun just to see them back to back. Like, wow. Like this is like so much better. Than yeah, it's day. Yeah, I, will well, I was going to say, I think the Weasley clock is actually a really good example of what you're talking about, Dylan, of the, the pins that you always think about visualizing when you read, but you don't necessarily go all the way, right? Like, for instance, you know, you know, Amy over at Witherwings Wears recently released her uh, Luna ceiling with all of the friends. And I have read that, that, that paragraph so many times, and I've never thought about, well, what does this actually look like? And so seeing it was like, oh, wow. And I think the same thing can be easily said about the Weasley clock. Like, you know, that clock comes up so many times throughout the series. And so I've thought about it, but I've never actually thought about what does this look like kind of, you know, in real life. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, take one look at Amy's live sales and I can't imagine what y'all's DMs are like. That clock <laughs> is so popular. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we take a lot of cues from the movie universe um, just because I feel as though so visual right and that's what people most recognize and it I I almost feel that that's what people kind of want to see um, but we love to um, kind of you know make it like book perfect if mm -hmm. you will like if there's something from the movies that we feel wasn't quite right or is not quite the canon that we believe it to be we are always we always love to take those kind of i well i call them creative liberties but they've already the choices have already been made yeah. for us in the books <laughs> So 
I'm really curious about this question because it's a fairly straightforward question when I ask it to one person. But given that there are three of y'all, I'm curious, what is your creative process? Like, how do you go from like, hey, I have an idea all the way to, hey, this is a pin that we're selling, come buy it? Well, I'll give you a different answer. Okay. Dylan, you could go, you could take it. But wait, I, before before we answer this question, I do just quickly want to go to back, back to um, when you were talking about the original pins because I feel like we don't potentially give them enough credit because we see how, how far we've come for, for lack of a better term, but I think we've just evolved. I don't think that it's a, pl- a matter of we were here and now we're so much further ahead. I think it's, yeah. it's just a different style and, you know, we're learning what works well as Rossi was mentioning, you know, what works well in a digital medium. Well, you know, pins are small, like, you know, how do we convey all this expression and meaning in, in this tiny little space and to get the detail is something that, you know, Ross is a master of, but I was thinking about this before the podcast kind of just like reflect, I like to be prepared, but I was like, thinking about, you know, what we could potentially talk about. And it's it's happening to me. I'm getting a little choked up. Like I have a lot of emotion for those pins from the beginning. I'm going to (laughs) cry. But I think that it really helped our friendship grow. Yeah. You can talk. (laughs) No, it did help our friendship grow, I think, because um, like I said, Jeanette and I have our lifelong friends, but um, you know, you get to a point where like, you know, undergrad is done and Jeanette and I went to college together too. Um, And And grammar school. We were forgetting about that. Right. Grammar school, (laughs) not high school. She went to an all girls school and I went to an all boys school, but then we came back together um, in college and, and we, we're a very tight knit group of friends, but you know, after that people, you get older and you see each other less. And so this has brought us certainly back together. Um, and we've spoken like, I mean, we're basically, you know, business partners now. So naturally we speak every day, but it's, it's Jeanette that I, that we speak to like basically first thing in the morning and yeah. right before we go to bed, yeah. like every day, like yeah. pandemic. Don't watch, wait, I'm going to bed. I have to go. Like text, <laughs> text these ideas to me. <laughs> yeah. But it like, I, I always say without Jeanette, I would be nothing um, because she's always pushed me the furthest that I can possibly go. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's never enough for Jeanette, and that is the best possible thing. Like, I'm not, I could never say that in a negative way. It can be difficult times, but, <laughs> but it really pushes us to, like, a whole oh, other level that we couldn't but get it, She's pushed me my entire mm-hmm. life um, to be the best possible version of myself. Um, and so when it came time to design those first Harry Potter pins, you know, the, past the Halloween pins, um, it was her who believed in me, who pushed me to do them, who said, this is a great idea. These are going to be awesome. Like always is the one is like the biggest cheerleader for us. Um, you know, like basically tells me never to doubt myself. Um, and I, I think that's the best thing to have in a partner. And now I realize that that was not the question at all. No, I know. Well, I, t- I took it back and then I cried and then we went somewhere else. But I do want to say that Dylan has always been, and, and, and listen, this is not, something Dylan has not told me before. Um, You know, it's always a a credit where kind of credit is due and and I give him that same credit right back. But Dylan has always been very um, entrepreneurial focused and this was not the first business that he started and certainly not the first thing he's been passionate about. But um, there's something different about this. And, you know, with the other things in the past that, you know, he had tried his hand in, they were all pretty successful, but there wasn't that that spark, um, at least not that continued spark. And, and here I sort of saw, saw something different. Um, and so when, you know, and I'm sure, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but, you know, those original Halloween, Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town pins didn't take off right away. Now they're sold out. But, like, it, at first it, it was slow going. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we think, you know, is this not the right move? Should, should we try something else? And I was like, well, what else are we really passionate about? Harry Potter. Like, let's see where we could grow our imagination and something we've always had a passion for into a different type of passion. And I think that's taken us really far in these past three years. So... And you, you talk about the creative process to kind of go yes. back to that, um, which basically we're kind of like um, one huge brain, the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, cool. that's, that's, just, that's a great just, way to describe it. 
make up one brain because Jeanette, I, I would say most of the time it goes a little something like Jeanette has this idea. Sometimes it's a little bit crazy. We've got to rein her in. Um, and then I kind of conceptualize that and figure out a way for it to become a reality. Um, and Ross is the one that makes that concept come to life. Um, and naturally that it's different with everything. There's a, a lot of, um, give and take. And, and we, we share all the responsibilities. Sometimes I'm the one drawing things or, um, you know, um, Ross is the one that says, Oh, I have this great idea. And then he mostly just whips it up really fast and surprises us with what it is. I love to do that. Um, yeah. That's he, my favorite and then he, and, oh, and he, then he's like, Oh, I have a surprise for you. You'll see. Yeah. yeah I lord it over no, there. No. No, no. I said, I don't like when you don't tell me things. Like, I need to be involved. And he's like, no, no, you'll see it at the end of the day when it's done. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Jeanette, I'm actually really glad that you brought up how much this means to you and, and how much, you know, this, this relationship with, with Dylan and Ross is, has, has meant to you both as a, as a business person, but also just as a human. Because I want to talk now about community. And I want to talk about community in a couple different ways. So the first I want to talk about is kind of the relationship that you've developed with, with your customers, because, you know, one of the first things I noticed when looking through your shop and your Instagram, and don't worry, we'll plug all those at the end, um, is y'all designed a pin of the three of you. Oh yeah. (laughs) I, you know, I, I think is evident from the first second of talking to you is not a decision built out of ego, like, hey, look at us, but I think really speaks to A, the bond that the three of you have, but B, I think the relationship you really try to develop with your customers. So I'm I'm curious if y'all want to speak to that at all. So the funny thing is, is that those pins uh, were designed last holiday season. Um, The pin that's the three of us was... um, uh, created as a Christmas card or a holiday card that we sent out to like our personal some, family. Um, well, actually, yeah, we gave some to our family. There, there was a, there's a second wreath that well, was that, made that, Oh, I yeah. forgot. There's two variant variants of it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you forgot about that one. That, that makes me happy. <laughs> the second wreath is just of Ross and I, that we sent out as our family holiday card to our family and friends. I would send Jeanette to my family too. <laughs> we did give, we did give the wreaths that had the three of us to our families as well. Their, their family is my family. I'm on the phone with Dylan's mother probably just as often as he is. Yeah, definitely. And my dad will be like, oh, I love Jeanette on the Instagram live video. Shout out to Steve Wood. Yeah. <laughs> Ross's dad calls us just to say how great of a job Jeanette does on the Instagram lives. <laughs> Have um, you met you one in person ever? Yeah, a couple yes. of times. Okay. Um, (laughs) so anyway, so the wreath pin with the three of us was created as a holiday card that we were sending to, um, other maker friends or clients, um, last holiday season, we had a few left over, um, that, uh, customers saw other makers post in their stories and they were like, that is amazing. Like, do you have any of those? Are you going to sell those? And I felt, honestly, surprised. I was a little bit insecure about putting a pin with my face on it or our faces out there for people to buy. Um, but I mean, we also, we, we designed them to be kind of in likeness uh, to the trio <laughs> from the series, um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, which I feel like we kind of, embodied 100%. quite well <laughs> oh absolutely um so um, so i think that maybe maybe people also could have felt like oh that's harry ron and hermione kind of yeah maybe <laughs> and and like if you're just looking at it really quickly on your pin board you would just think that's the trio in the in the wreath so that's kind of how I and so much so that I've convinced Dylan to make it not our logo, but it's our Instagram logo. Yeah. Um, it's our it's our picture. So I feel like um, after it was so widely embraced by the community, I was like, let's make this our face. Let's make it more personal because, you know, in terms of speaking with the community, I think Dylan has definitely been the face of that, and he has done it since the beginning. Like he's the one who's answering Instagram messages, your comments, your photos. He's the one you're interacting with. Um, and I haven't really gotten that involved until the wondrous wizarding weekend when I did my Instagram live. And now I'm like making me the star. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for I my love it. 
putting, you know, and now you peak, I'm following customers, customers are following me and they're not customers, they're friends, they're people. And it's just really interesting right. to see. Yeah. And like, you know, all the time I'm discovering new pin accounts and, and new ideas. And I think that, you know, being in, inspired by, by this community um, is not just a community of makers, it's a community of fans um, and people who, you know, some of you know, the best ideas come from when we're like, what do you want to see? And see, you know, what people post. Oh, you know, yes, let's, let's do this. <laughs> and I'm curious, what do, I mean, I, I think the online community, absolutely. So I don't want to exclude that from the question, but like, you know, events like LeakyCon or any of the conventions that happen across the country, what do those mean to y'all, both as an opportunity to engage with friends, let's not call them customers, let's call them friends, because I mean, I'm, I'm a customer. I hope I'm a friend by the end of this. Um, but also, you're already a friend, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but also, you know, the other pin makers and designer designers out there. Like, wh- what does this community mean to y'all as as an opportunity to engage both with friends, customers, but also the other fellow creators? I, I think, think that. I mean, you, you can answer the question, but I, I think you're not going to give yourself enough credit. But uh, the first event was Patches and Pins Expo. What year was that? Uh, 2018. 2018. And, and Dylan, you know, bit the bullet was like, I'm gonna participate in this. Um, and it was, I think, I know it was a really scary decision for you and you didn't know what to expect, both from, from either side, from, from the consumer side, from the maker side. Um, and I think I was away for work for that particular. I think so, yeah. And so I wasn't able to make it. And all I remember is, you know, that really selling Dylan on on really continuing with this and not only continuing with it, but growing it. And he came out with so many different ideas and and so many different ways to interact. Um, And I think that was really the initial turning point of this being a hobby to this being a business. Yeah, I think that that expo was invaluable because I felt um, we had just the Halloween pins at that point. Patches and Pins Expo was announced. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I've got to I've got to just go all in for this expo because it was, as far as I know, it's really the only pin-specific um, event on the East Coast. Um, and even, even the, like, Potter events, I mean, LeakyCon is the, the premier Potter event, you would say. Um, and, I mean, that is so very rarely in our neck of the woods in the Northeast. Mm. Um, so this was, Patches and Pins was an expo I could drive to. And I thought, um, like I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. So that's, that's when the Potter pins were created. We spent like a whole week um, coming up with and creating that first batch of pins. And I was so concerned that it wouldn't be well-received. Um, but, but it really was. And to meet um, people who um, were so enthusiastic about them and so passionate about them, who like had no idea who we are, mm. um, was just so wonderful. And even, even growing from there, you know, that was in April, I was like, well, should we, should we go to LeakyCon? Like, should we just apply for that? We'll never get in. And, um, cause I had no idea how it worked at that point. Um, and so we applied for LeakyCon in April. Um, and it was in August, was it August of that year? It was of- August in Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. August. Oh, you were. Oh, I was. So this is my tie in. You inevitably anyone who has been to LeakyCon or has been around Brandy, Simply Potter Girl, any of these events has seen me because I'm the person that's carrying all of Brandy and Chelsea's bags and phones and keys and everything because they're uh, horn couches and Luna lions and all the. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. So we absolutely um, have seen them and those. I mean, those costumes were epic. I yeah. have pictures of them. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, like LeakyCon, it was crazy. We got accepted five weeks before. Oh my gosh. Um, it was, uh, we were set to fly out. And I mean, I had forgotten about uh, that I had even applied to go <laughs> at that point. Um, and they were like, yeah, you're accepted. I was like, uh, yeah. Um, we had like no inventory. I quickly like, you know, reached out to my manufacturer and was like, could we get like 50,000 pins for... for He's not joking. 
No, there wasn't actually. But, um, but I mean, and then to like throw those in like four giant overweight suitcases. That was a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, but it's all worth it at the end of the day when you meet that community at the con. Absolutely. Um, I think is, is really the whole point of this, uh, long winded story. Like there's nothing like meeting and hanging out with, um, the community who really, like you said, has become our friends. Um, it's, it's, it like still gives me chills to feel, uh, or like when people come up to us and be like, Oh my God, I've been following you. Or like, I know who you are. I have all of your pins. Like, um, that like will never get old. Um, and like, I don't know, it still feels weird. Like, um, to, to feel like somebody wants what I, what we create. I'll tell you what's really bizarre is we're talking about LeakyCon in Dallas. That was my first Harry Potter convention I'd gone to. Um, I only entered the fan world January of 18 at Celebration of Harry Potter down at Universal. But anywho, that, this is all to say I did my research. I knew that the patches and pins thing was in 2018 because I came prepared to this interview. Um, but one of the things that clearly slipped my mind, and I, I was telling Jen off mic, all, I'm in the process of moving all of my Harry Potter stuff is in boxes right now. And it's been in boxes for a while because I've been here for a while. That's all to say that I have a very wonderful, uh, like, is felt the word we're using? I don't know. Uh, Quidditch World Cup pennant that I yes. purchased at LeakyCon 2018, and I'm realizing right now that that was from y'all. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. That pennant um, was quite popular that year because um, this right. Stanislav Yanevsky, yeah. <laughs> the character who plays Victor Crumb, was um, at signing, and a bunch of people came to buy the pennant and then have it signed by him. Yeah, it was like perfect fodder for an autograph. <laughs> I, and then that, Dylan was like, "You, Jeanette, you go online. You, here, here's the money. Go, go meet him and get one <laughs> signed for us." And I was like, <laughs> uh, so I, "I didn't. I don't remember that." Yeah, she well, might have got two. One for her and one for us. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and and that pennant. I mean, I. Uh, you, you forgot about it. I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's long sold out. Like that was such a labor of love that pen. And I was like, so excited about creating it um, at the time. And we worked really closely with Oxford pennant, which is like this um, amazing um, handmade, a handcrafted pennant shop in Buffalo. Um, and they are wonderful and they work with you really on every detail um, to make it feel like exactly what you want it to be. It was our first non-pin merchandise. Yeah, I was really too. nervous about that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will be reaching out to the New York State Small Business Association for any and all money for bringing on a New York small business, but also getting a plug-in for Oxford Pennant. Um, they can be the official <laughs> sponsor of this episode. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Um, two more questions, because y'all have been so good with your time, and I appreciate it. Um, the first is, is a softball. Uh, what what do we have to look forward to for the rest of the year? And I, I know there's a lot of secret stuff, so I'm fine not getting specifics, but generally speaking, what can people expect from Oddment and Tweak as we progress towards the winter? There's well, so much there's going so on. There's so much going on. <laughs> right now, uh, it's just like a fury of, a flurry of things going on. It's been probably six months of quarantine of nonstop work. Um, so there's tons in production. We've got a whole Halloween line coming. Um, lots of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Lots of um, uh, um, other Hocus Pocus pins. Oh, yes. Um, and we could tell you also exclusively, it's going to be Hocus Pocus Chocolate Frog crossovers. Um, and is there, is there some other stuff for Halloween that I'm forgetting? Um, well, it's something that I, I'm just going to say, I, I, I like to spill lots of secrets and then Dylan texts me on the side. I was like, what are you doing? Are you telling me? <laughs> but something that we have recently released is, um, a mini frog series. So going along with, um, you know, of course the chocolate frog love over here. Um, and, and we had released on the grid um, a chocolate series because of course chocolate frogs um, let's make them in all sorts of flavors of chocolate but there is multiple dare I say um, Halloween versions of those coming out Um, so that's something to look forward to um, and kind of expanding that even further to other holidays or other themes etc so things to look forward to there 
and naturally we have a whole Christmas line or holiday yeah, that's line coming out. out. That's what I'm working um, constantly. Yeah, that's kind of like being ramped up and just being finished up um, for the holidays. Um, but but really expanding on the chocolate frog line with the mini frogs, um, which you know, as you know, oh yeah, of course, and the ITA bag, um, which really, I mean. That was so fun to work on. I think that I probably worked nonstop for like six weeks. <laughs> oh my, that was a very stressful period because every night uh, he was dealing with, you know, the factory and designers and, st- oh, not designers, but the factories who were working on the bag. And, you know, they are, a lot of them were overseas. And so he, at night, he's trying to communicate with them while it's during the day. And he's trying to get as many questions answered as possible, but then he's also tired and late and he's stressing yeah. out about it. I think it probably works like nonstop for all those weeks, oh. just like trying to get that bag made. And it's so, I think that like for me was like beyond, um, anything that I could have dreamed of it looking like to see something. And I mean, like I, I um, and don't want to toot my own horn here, but I almost worked on that exclusively for so long and for so many hours that it felt so amazing to see that prototype um, when it came. And then to have the community like be so wild about it. I think it's sort of, I, don't, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it sort of stemmed from the Wondrous Wizard Weekend because prior to that, there was a flurry of different ideas. And, you know, Dylan mentions the pennant as our first non-pin item. And I think since then, you know, we've had patches, we've had stickers, we, we've, we've had a couple of other things. Um, but for the Wondrous Wizarding Weekend, um, you know, we got into those shakers. And I think it just really opened the imagination. And, you know, this was just some, this is one of those ideas where, Dylan had it, he took it, it ran, and it was super successful, um, you know, versus something that we might sit on for, for years, like the, like the other item that I had mentioned. Um, but yeah, you were really passionate about that. It was really exciting to see. And like, you know, because of that passion, I feel like, you know, we gave you advice when you asked for it, but I feel like Rossi and I were just like, okay, you, you do it because yeah. if you're this passionate, it's, it's going to look great. And of course it, it does. Um, so I actually have the only prototype uh, here at the house. <laughs> she has um, it now. She's she never giving it back. I'm never giving it back. I, I've said that. I said, this is it. And Don's like, no more coming, right? It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, I'm, I'm attached to this one. Um, but I think you can expect, I'm dropping all the secrets, guys. I think you can expect some more. No, we can't expect anything else? Okay. okay. I don't know. I think think they'll just have to wait and see on that one. Um, But to that end, um, we're really constantly trying to to push the boundaries of of the type of products um, that we offer just because we want to be able to, um, you know, appeal to most of the community or as many people in the community um, that we can because we, you know, like, like we said, they become our friends. We, we want to know what it is that they're looking for and we want to be able to offer that to them. Um, you know, so, so it really, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> this also opens the door to a whole new world of possibilities. Cause it really inspired me. Like once someone was talking about this, I'm like, Oh, we can do something more than pins. And Dylan's like, yes, go think. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> the world is your oyster. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, and, and I think even, I mean, obviously the bag is larger scale um, and there's a lot of things we could do with that, but even on, on the other end, so, so the mini frogs, I was like, oh, we can even think smaller scale. And I think that, you know, in terms of things that are in the world, but sort of outside of it and there's creative liberties to be had, but still can seem very familiar. I think that this is a really good example of, of what that looks like. So the very last question that I have for y'all, um, and seriously, I cannot thank you enough. Um, one of, so I, I'll, I'll go on a little tangent here before I get to the last question, because why not? Um, you know, one of the biggest things I really wanted to illustrate with each and every one of the people I bring on this podcast is that, you know, y'all, y'all are, are doing this because you're passionate about it. Yes, of course, it helps that you're making money. And I, I assume not losing money, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. But 
it's not just like a transactional, hey, purchase here, it's shipped, congrats, right? There's really, you know, years worth of time and effort and care and, and relationship building and collaborating. And, and I hope the listeners get what I got out of this conversation, which is, I mean, from the jump, that's so evident, right? Like the three of y'all truly are your own golden trio. And, <laughs> and this work is just, is just infused with passion and care. So um, I really can't thank y'all enough. But the question, because I said I was going to ask one more, uh, is what advice would any of y'all have for people out there who were thinking about getting into the world of pin designing and creating? I mean, I think you, your lead into that kind of hits it on the head. Like you have to be passionate for it. Um, and if you're passionate about it, other people will be passionate about it. And, you know, that's where Dylan started. He started with what he was passionate for. And, and that was these Halloween Hocus Pocus pins. It was timely. It was it was just something he loved to do. And look, we, you know, he, he teased the Hocus Pocus chocolate frogs. And it's like, look at the iteration of where that came from, from this humble beginning where it's like, does people even want this to it being sold out to it, you know, morphing into something else that's now encompassed this brand. So I think that follow your passion because you can't go wrong. And if, you know, you design a couple of things and it ends up just being for you. I know, you know, JK Rowling is, is a touchy subject, but something that she had said about the books was I would have done all seven, even if nobody bought it because I had to do it for me. So you have to do it for you first. Um, and I think that was the advice that I would give. I think that honestly says it um, perfectly. And and for us, um, what we've talked about so much um, in this past hour or so um, is is the community, you know, of the customers that have become our our friends and. We love being able to see them. Wondrous Wizard Weekend was amazing to be able to connect with everybody, especially um, during a pandemic. And it and it was a way to bring people together that would have not even been able to make LeakyCon would it have been a thing. So, so we're constantly um, trying to um, find ways to bring the community together and and I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, other makers who have become our family at this point, like Stina and Nikki, um, that's Laser Brain Patch Co. and Sunset Road Co., John at the Pin Studio, Cynthia Poppins Collectibles, Amelia, you know, like th this huge family. Um, and it's them, too, that continue to push us to create the best possible um, products because to to have a group of friends um, who will so openly look at your work and go, I, you need to push that a little bit more, um, you know, or I think if you just add this, it could be like really amazing. Or even like, I love that idea, but here's how you can take it further. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of it for us is not just collaboration amongst the three of us, but collaboration amongst the greater pin making uh, community. Because there's experience there and collectively, like how, how many years uh, of experience right. is this? And, you know, yes, we're all part of this one community, but everybody also has their own kind of unique followers and their own unique vibe and brand. And I think right. just knowing what um, appeals to different people, not that you're creating the same things, but creating, you know, just similar concepts or, or going off of, of an idea that that works and how, okay, well then how can we extend this? And I think that's something that we're, you know, particularly interested in is expanding beyond, you know, of course, we're always going to be pins, but, you know, where else can people find use, find joy for, for these types of, of ideas and, and, and products? Right. And then, of course, for, for us, is always about um, kind of pushing it to be original or unique. Like we, we, we never want to do um, something that you've seen before. We don't want you to, to look at our products and go, oh, all right, well, there are a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that there. I've seen that done before. <laughs> you know, yeah. So we're trying to always push the limits of, of what we can create. I mean, even within our own company, like you had said, yeah. like things have morphed significantly. Um, so I feel like, you know, we're trying to also constantly challenge ourselves internally. And I think 
you know, that is something that, that drives us as well. And, and we, like, I, it's not lost on me, um, being back in grad school at the moment. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm back for the arts. I'm, I'm studying, um, museum studies and, um, I created an exhibition around pins, um, in case you didn't know how passionate I was about pins. (laughs) Um, and, and they really are these miniature accessible works of art, you know, um, that, that people just collect and mass, um, to show their love for the artist, for the fandom, for the community. Um, and I think that is, is just the best part of it. And it's true talking pieces. And I think kind of harking back to one of your other questions about, you know, the community at the cons, one of the main things that we're talking about is what are you wearing? How does this identify with who you are as a person? Like why this? And, you know, I think that those conversations just really, you know, spur friendships and the the community is an entire testament to that because we're talking about what we love and, and that brings people together. Right. You're just the regular Joan Rivers of the, uh, of the <laughs> yeah. Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? <laughs> Talk to me about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Sleepy con. That's going to be my kit. My, uh, my little gimmick. I told everybody I'm going to wear, so I, I should have done it here, but I guess I, I was thinking it was more of a, of a verbal thing versus a visual thing. But my thing now is going to always to be wearing a headdress of sorts. So I started with the bee um, antenna oh, yeah. brown. And then when I was um, showing off the bag, um, I love, as I have mentioned, I love to tease stuff that Dylan doesn't give me permission to tease. <laughs> so I wore my um, Nightmare Before Christmas Disney ears. Um, I was right. asking people to tell me what they thought was coming next. <laughs> Based on what I, so I should have done something for, for this evening. But let me tell you, I'm already planning it out for further lives, for the holidays. Like I'm thinking <laughs> what my look will be. But yeah, it all comes down to that. Like, how are you visually expressing yourself and how can I use that as a way to connect with you? And it's been super successful for us, um, you know, both as individual people, as a company, and I think that the community would probably agree. And if people want to see more of y'all's artwork, keep up to date with all of the fun things that Jeanette has uh, told us and shared with us. DM um, me, I'll spill all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> where, She's where, like, Jeanette, the bush, is bean, the bush is bean dog. I am, oh my gosh. Oh, yes. You know what's so funny, actually? I, I've been seeing the Bush's Beans commercial often on TV. Not that, not that I really watch it, but like I watch Law and Order. And so like, yeah. anyway, it's called um, Roll That Magical Bean Footage. I'm like, that should be fine <laughs> for Stina. Roll That Magical Bean Footage. And I think of that every time I see it. And I, it's always late. So I, I never text. I'm like, nobody cares about this. Um, but now, now I'm plugging in on, oh. on, uh, the, with this audience. So yeah, Roll That Magical Bean. So okay, so Roll That Magical Chocolate Frog Footage. <laughs> So, Jeanette, I was trying to line up a really nice, easy plug for I've been tweaked in the episode, and we got into DMing you, pushing proteins. And this is our creative process. It starts in one crazy area, and then I talk about it, and then Dylan and Ross rationalize it, and and then then it's, it's... most of the time made a reality. Um, but yeah, all that magical chocolate card footage. <laughs> so if you want to find out more um, about what's coming up, you can find us on Instagram at, at oddment and Twitter. Maybe I should do that again. <laughs> if you want. You're Harry into into the uh, the flu network. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to find out more about what's uh, coming up, you can find us at Admin and Tweak on Instagram or visit our website at adminandtweak.bigcartel.com. Roll that magical chocolate card footage. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's episode of The Pin Pod. As a reminder, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a review for The Pin Pod on your podcast platform of choice. You can join our community and hear about all the upcoming pin releases by following us on Instagram at The Pin Pod. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please send us a DM on Instagram or email us at thepinpod at gmail.com. Until next week, I'm Steven. 
Thanks for listening to The Pin Pod. The Pin Pod is a mouse and bolt media podcast, hosted, produced, and edited by me, Stephen Hatter. The Pin Pod theme song was composed and performed by Jordan Jackson. If you're interested in learning more about Jordan or having him score music for you, you can find him on Instagram at Specs and Things. The Pin Pod logo was designed by Katie Ann. If you're interested in any branding, graphic design, or web design work, you can find Katie on Instagram at the Harry Potter fan.